You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to my next weekly Keep Canada Weird episode. This is a series where my good pal Aaron and I seek out the more interesting Canadian news stories over the past week. In tonight's episode, we found a few doozies. We're going to share stories about a $13,000 doorbell, a stupid camp name, the battle over Spotify, and a convenience store robber with a really bad disguise. So let's get to it. Oh, Aaron, it has been a weird week. It is. Every week is weird now. That's the life we live in. Yeah, well, I don't know that... The last week has been exceptionally weird. I don't. I feel like no, um, like for you specifically, or or throughout the great nation of Canada. I think from coast to coast, it has been a, a challenging week for a lot of people on both sides of the uh, various spectrums. I don't know if it's they're mm. political or ideological or what, but man, we could. Uh, I, I made us a, a call out on my on Facebook. I said. Does anyone have any story ideas for like, uh, you know, weird news stories we could talk about that don't involve uh, trucks, COVID, (laughs) Trudeau, Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the word, the word like left or right? Um, You know what I'm getting at. There's the tension is high out there. It's uh, it it seems like it's boiling over at this point. Yeah. Um, If for people uh, reading between the lines, we're certainly talking about. The um, I think people call it Freedom 2022, which people also call it the truck convoy. Uh, I heard it referred to as the flu trucks clan. Yeah, which, I, heard, I saw that one trending on Twitter. And um, there's a there's a lot of names, not going to spend too much time listing them off, but it's 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 popping up all around the country. Certainly these uh, blockades and protests and yeah. It's it's certainly heated. In fact, I saw um, like people even that aren't involved in what's going on in our nation's capital of Ottawa, which for people who are listening from outside of the country that maybe don't see it on on the news where they are is um, as a protest of the covid public health mandates and all this sets things. There was a protest that involved a lot of truck drivers bringing their trucks to drive to the nation's capital to just like drive around and hawk their horns and plug up traffic. Um, but a lot of other people kind of hopped on the issue and to, you know, show their support for the truckers or, you know, to make an anti-government kind of statement. It has led to just a ton of people in Ottawa. I have um, a family member who's there who also happens to have a, I guess, three month old baby now. And uh, they live near downtown. And for the last like five days, they said the baby hasn't slept more than like, you know, 40 minutes at a time. Because every like 30 minutes or so, trucks like honk their horns like in unison. their horns and loud engines. And after a a day or two of that, it it probably starts to wear on you quite a bit. Um, You know, because everyone was expecting that was that was a planned event, a planned protest. So everyone was expecting for all of these uh, trucks to show up into Ottawa. But after several days of, of, of this protest happening with all these trucks, I can imagine how stressed out the neighborhoods must be that are in that surrounding area. Yeah, it's nuts. But I guess like if you're going to, if you live near parliament, I I don't know. It's, it just seems like it's, um, Every you know, fifty every twenty you should expect every every, now and then. every twenty years, like it's probably like a flood. It's like you're not in a flood; you're in a political flood zone. And every twenty years or so, it boils over in some way, <laughs> and this yes, happens. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't want to spend much time on it. But it's just we kind of have to get into it because really, that's been like that's what's dominated the news over the last week. Oh, and every day there's a new spot in the country that has a new blockade slash protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, slash convoy where you know there's they're blocking traffic uh, nobody can get through supplies can't get through other truckers can't get through who have like 
you know, perishable items in the back of their truck and are very time sensitive. Hmm. So I, I saw in the news today, a few truckers were concerned about what they're going to do. You know, it's a lot of food that you have to throw out if you can't get through. Yeah, there must be some kind of insurance or something that they have for that thing, especially when they for that sort of situation, especially when you got like expensive stuff. But um, it's it's become a situation. I actually I want to tell one covid kind of mask story only because it happened literally three hours ago. Um, I had (laughs) like one issue I've been having is in this room that I record in, the lighting isn't like exactly how I wanted it. So I wanted to quickly get like a really cheap light that I could have to kind of light up a certain section of the room. Uh, so I stopped at Dollarama and while I was in Dollarama, which is a dollar, like it's a real crappy dollar store for people who aren't from this part of the country that has it, unless Dollarama is national. I'm not sure if Dollarama is specifically Canadian or if that's a North American chain. I'm not sure. Um, we'll find out a little later. Um, but I'm sure someone out, out there knows that can send us a voicemail about it. Yeah, because um, we need to figure that out. But anyway, I was at Dollarama <laughs> and there was a, I kind of heard like people raising their voice and I thought it was like just two people like maybe bumped into each other and they're arguing or something. And I realized it was like the manager of the store and someone who uh, didn't have a mask on and the manager of the store was trying to you know talk to them about it and it I didn't hear the beginning. I only heard it when it got to the point that it was heated. And then I heard the man uh, without the mask on kind of accuse the guy of uh, the, the manager of the store, the per- the person who worked at the store or whatever, of being involved in like medical tyranny and government um you know you're you're a slave to the government and all this stuff and you're trying to take away our freedom and the um the manager of the store had a i couldn't help but laugh but he's i couldn't remember his exact words but it was something to the effect of like listen buddy if i was trying to um if I was going to be the vehicle that the government chose to flex their muscle, I wouldn't be the manager of Dollarama working the night shift in Bayer's Lake. Mm. And he just like yelled at the guy and everyone around me could just like giggled like, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and wow. anyway, yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, let's get on with the show. Um, other than reading about the truck stuff all week, what have you been up to? What's going on? I am back to the office part-time right now, so we've been working from home since the new Omicron wave has hit. So I've been at home in my house coat and slippers, uh, working from home, you know, uh, and, and sleeping in until the buzzer goes off and not having to worry about getting up to shower and all of those delightful things that you get to do when you work from home. Yeah. But now we have a scattered schedule so certain days of the week, half of the staff will go into the office to work there. And then the other part of the week, they'll work remotely. So we kind of switch off with other staff members. So not everybody is there at once. So today was the very first day back. And we are, uh, yeah, so that was an adjustment. Getting up this morning at seven o'clock was a huge deal for me today. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be right. I'm not looking forward to that. That is for sure. But what I've gotten used to, and I I think um, for a lot of occupations, there are a lot of people who are working from home. Like the secret weapon now is Bluetooth headphones because it's like you can work while doing all these other things that like in a, in the days before wireless headphones would be unimaginable. Things like laundry, dishes. Today, actually, I uh, went in a cupboard that I haven't opened in about a year and I just took everything out. And figured out what was in there and cleaned it out while working. So any mysteries in there? Any, um, any... No, a lot of like uh, instruction booklets for things that I've thrown away five years ago. <laughs> One of those of type of, I have a drawer like that where anything miscellaneous that there could be some small conceivable reason that I might need it in five years, I put into a cupboard. And then eventually it overflows where I can't close the cupboard or the drawer. And have to come to a point where I have to go through everything and decide what's actually important and what was just nonsense. Um, yeah, well, let's, uh, we're going to clean those cupboards out when we get time. I think that'll be something. Well, metaphorically, we all need to clean our cupboards out. 
Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. hundred. That's certainly something uh, that we could, we should all think about. Uh, before we get into the show tonight, I want to start with um, a few messages from listeners. Uh, one in particular, I want to open the show with. This is a voice memo, and for people who listen to the podcast version and don't see the video, um, the, the way the video show on YouTube starts is it's, um, it starts with like kind of like the Canadian national anthem plays and there's scenes of our country, um, waterfalls, Niagara Falls, uh, I think parliament's shown there. Um, but this voice memo is a listener kind of telling us a story that, uh, they were that was inspired by our opening video. Uh, longtime listener Phil from Nelson, BC, calling. Your intro to Keep Canada Weird series reminds me of something that happened to me. Way back in 1993, I had emergency surgery to remove a burst appendix. Waking up in the recovery room, I found myself having to pee with an extreme sense of urgency. Try as I might, I could not pee. Soon a nurse entered the room and I explained my problem to her. She said, I'll give you 15 minutes and if you haven't peed, I'll put in a catheter. That'll empty your bladder, trust me. Not wanting to endure the prospect of a catheter, I stepped up my efforts to do the task on my own. I thought of rain, flushing toilets, and anything else I could think of to convince my bladder to release. Nothing was working, and I was becoming more worried by the minute. Suddenly, I remembered National Film Board of Canada films we were shown in grade school, ones that depicted Niagara Falls, the changing of the seasons, melting snow, rushing water. Suddenly, O Canada popped into my head, and at that very instant, I felt great relief in a rushing stream of urine. Just this, just as the nurse was returning with the catheter. For about a year after that incident, every time I would hear O Canada, I had to rush to the bathroom to avoid peeing my pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it started when I got that voice memo and it started with like catheter appendix i was like whoa where is this going um it's it's almost its own heritage minute so <laughs> for, <laughs> for any international listeners heritage minutes were these like commercials that you would see that would celebrate the history of canada and it would play out reenactments of, of different moments in canadian history so they're very uh, nostalgic uh, pieces of Canadian television for Canadians. And we always, people talk about them. Oh, remember that heritage minute when uh, so-and-so said this and they, whatever. So it, it sounds like this could be a brand new heritage minute is this gentleman hearing the national anthem and peeing everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. And what's funny is um, I, maybe he realized this, but the, intro video that I use when when the show starts, it was pulled from like a now public domain um, thing that used to play, I think at the end of CBC, like when when they would sign off for the night, it would show these scenes as Oh Canada played. So I wonder if it's like the similar kind of thing that he's even talking about. But uh, I, I loved it. We'll follow him for the rest of his life, even when he is 90 if he hears uh, god forbid he goes to a hockey game <laughs> uh i he, think it, what, what what probably happens though is like it needs to be a different version of Can of o canada when you listen to like the intro for our show it's this old archaic kind of like 1960s sounding version of o canada the one you would hear it at a hockey game wouldn't it be a bit more dramatic and stuff like would they well it would be a it would be a different version depending on who's singing it depending on what you know what the situation is okay. but i just don't hopefully, want to be i i like to think well i mean i kind of do i kind of <laughs> hope that he is always plagued with this issue of not being able to be patriotic without pissing himself um 
Well, that was a great voicemail, uh, voice memo. I got another email. I want to, this is a not voice. It's a, an actual email, but I want to read it because it relates to my grandmother's crows. It's in response to the story I told last week about the, I, I guess, pet crow my grandmother had. So this is from Christine, who is in uh, Denver, Colorado, uh, doing her part to keep Canada weird from abroad. So here's what she says. Bless your grandmother and her crows. I have my own crow family led by the fearless Poe, who I can call in with kissing noises and saying, pretty bird. I feed the critters, like squirrels, crows, and songbirds, twice daily with peanuts and sunflower seeds. If I'm late, I have several crows sitting on my windowsill of my home office reminding me that it's time to eat, and I better hop to it because they're busy birds, and I am just one stop on their daily adventure. I also include a bowl of fresh water every day as it is dry here in Denver and everyone is thirsty. The crows are so smart they use peanut shells as drinking cups to dip into the water and tip back for a nice big drink. Tommy Two Nuts is a crow who insists on picking up two whole peanuts at a time and Theo Three Nuts, now he's just greedy and will spend five minutes working three nuts into his beak. I love your crow story as I sip my tea from my attempted murder two crow mug thanks for the great story christine in denver can you repeat the crow's names again please okay well so there's the fearless poe who she mentions at the beginning um then there was tommy two nuts who was the tommy two nuts okay yeah uh it sounds like a like a gang leader from a cartoon but it isn't it's a crow who insists on picking up two whole peanuts at a time and theo Mm. three nuts is he's just playing greedy I just wonder what Tommy Two Nuts thinks of Theo Three Nuts. You know, like, like I was Tommy Two Nuts, and then you and I was the, the the king of the nuts, and then you came around, Theo Three Nuts, and totally, you know, emasculated. Uh, based on her email and the way she describes them, I bet you they all laugh at Theo Three Nuts because what she said in her email is that he'll spend five minutes working three nuts into his beak. So I have a feeling Tommy two nuts, just like chomps two nuts, flies off, come back, gets two nuts, flies off. Meanwhile, Theo's there like fumbling over himself, trying to get three nuts into his beak like an idiot. So I think they're probably just like, whatever, Theo three nuts. Theo three nuts and Tommy two nuts. It's Um, uh People love crows, though. I I think there are crows are, yeah, they're outstanding because once you see them, interacting and and doing their thing you just realize how interesting and smart they are so Mm. it's cool to hear people share their crow stories because you really see how almost human they can be yeah and uh, she told the story about one of the crows using the crushed nut as like a cup to scoop up the water that is really cool i can picture that happening they're they're smart animals yeah well those are our uh listener messages for this week but and the listener messages made us talk about Tommy Two Nuts, Theo Three Nuts, and a man peeing. Um, and almost getting a catheter. Uh, a catheter, I don't even want to talk about that, but that is a, like, that is a horrifying idea. Uh, we'll all be there at some point. Um, well, I'll just, I will tell you that I had uh, kidney stones. Did I ever tell you about that? I think you did mention that. Like literally, it was honest. yes, because you keeled over in the kitchen or something, right? Like you fell over and had to be rushed yeah. out. Yeah, I, I, we had to call nine one one, get an emer- uh, ambulance. I'll tell the story right quick. I was at work one day and just randomly, I, like out of nowhere, I had the most incredible pain in my belly that felt like I thought I was going to die. I was like, I, whatever just happened is going to kill me shortly. Um, and I just sat in my chair for like five minutes and then it went away and I was like, Whoa, like I need to go to the doctor. Something bad happened. But of course I was busy and I just kind of forgot about it. Two days later, um, it happened again. And, uh, the most awful, um, pain, I couldn't even walk. I was like vomiting. It was awful. And I was home with my, at the time, like two year old, maybe one year old. So I'm like, calling uh my mom and my wife being like someone has to like take the baby i gotta call 911 um certainly and that's what ended up happening i think my mom rescued me i called 911 the ambulance took me and they gave me um like one of the drugs of abuse not oxycontin but like something like fentanyl they gave me fentanyl oh wow uh, and so 
as soon as they gave it to me, I was like, all the pain was gone. And I can't express how painful it was. It wasn't like it was pain where I kept fainting just from right. the pain and vomiting and all oh, the whole nine. Um, and, and I had no idea what it was. So I was thinking like, I'm, I'm done tonight. Uh, they did x-rays and it turned out to be kidney stones. And now I'm all good. I'll spare the rest of the story. Um, but yeah, scary story. Shout, uh, anyone who deals with kidney stones, I feel for you. I hope to never do it again. And But I wouldn't say I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. If I had to pick who my worst enemy is, I don't know who would it would be, but I'd probably be all right with him getting kidney stones. Um, but okay. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to just be honest and upfront about no, that. No, uh, it's, 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 really, it's really refreshing, the honesty that, uh, <laughs> that you would wish kidney stones on someone who cuts you off in traffic or... No, no, my worst whatever, enemy. Other yeah, but I don't know. I feel like you're a man with many enemies. That's true, and they pop up quick, and I'm like kidney stones. Team. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, kidney, st- and you throw the stones. <laughs> you have bags of kidney stones and or kidney stone dust that you blow at them. Mm. <laughs> um, let's get into our stories here. So this week, I think. Uh, more than any other, I think we're going to do a good job of keeping it weird because I, I, we got four stories that are just bizarre um, in a few different ways. Do, do you want to start with the door, the thirteen thousand dollar doorbell, the war for music streaming services, the probably uh, we'll say problematic camp name or the restaurant that found a unique way to get around the public health measures let's start with the doorbell let's let's start off um with the doorbell because you open the door into the episode so there's a connection there with entering the episode with the doorbell all right this story is going to bring us to Brampton, Ontario. A Brampton woman says someone came to her home and offered her a free doorbell, but when they showed up to install it, they said she could save money if she got a new furnace. She signed a 15-year contract and now regrets her decision. I am very upset about it. Beverly Williamson of Brampton said it was in October when someone came to her home offering her a free doorbell. Nobody give away anything for free. What's the catch? And he says, no, ma'am, it's free. It's really free. She was told someone would come the next day to install the doorbell. When they showed up, they asked to go in her basement and see her furnace. That's when she says she was told she could save money installing a new furnace. She says she was told there was a special offer, but only if she signed a contract that day. Once I signed on the dotted line, the... They had somebody basically outside waiting to come in and and, um, install the furnace. So the furnace was installed that same day, but he didn't install the doorbell. The doorbell was installed two weeks later, but it no longer works. She had to reinstall her old doorbell. The following day, the doorbell stopped working. It, It hasn't worked since. Williamson signed a contract to pay almost $70 a month for the furnace over 15 years, a commitment of close to $13,000. It's a contract she now regrets signing. I would really like for them to take the furnace out of my house. The doorbell and furnace were installed by Simply Smart Home. When CTV News reached out to the company, a spokesperson said, we are disheartened to hear of Ms. Williamson's experience and are in the process of finding some solutions which she finds satisfactory. From the onset of installation of our equipment, Simply Smart did not charge her anything, nor do we plan on billing Ms. Williamson until we find a resolution to her concerns. That's a relief for Williamson, who says she is now being given the option to buy the furnace at a reduced amount or have it removed from her home. And most door-to-door sales are banned in Ontario, but if you make an appointment with a company and invite them to your home, it's not considered a door-to-door sale. So be cautious if you're offered free products or rebates at your door. I have... Very, and I'm sorry to say this, but I have very little sympathy for her. <laughs> well, I don't. It, it's, uh, it seems I, like every step of the way, she was there was these red flags. Like we want to give you a doorbell. She's like, no, nothing's ever free. What's the catch? Nothing. We'll come back tomorrow. I'll sign a contract, but hey, wait, nothing's ever free. <laughs> 
just sign it quick. <laughs> so, sign it quick. Don't read. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm the same. I have a hard time being sympathetic because it's like there there is the saying that that like oh, I'm actually I'm not going to say anything that could be seen as negative um, towards her, but I th uh, <laughs> or too negative. If you yeah. if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. I guess is what is the rule right. I'll go by here. But I right. think. Um, Everybody should know that if someone shows up at your house to offer you something like we want to install your doorbell, we're with this company. It's like, yeah, there's a kid. Just say no and shut the door. I wouldn't even answer the door. If someone comes. In I wouldn't door, even entertain the idea of because if they just show up, it's one thing if like because I know like in Nova Scotia, there's efficiency Nova Scotia mm -hmm. and they have a program that they have funding for where they will go in and they will do an energy assessment of your home. Mm -hmm. And then they will install, you know, small things around the house, uh, energy right. efficient light bulbs and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll wrap your furnace, um, you know, uh, insulate it and, and they'll do random things, but it's all part of like a, a government sponsored program. Yeah. You pay that through your taxes and. and right, right. Uh, mm -hmm. And and you typically have to reach out to them and inquire about it. It's not something where they're really going door to door uh, to do. But if someone sales is always kind of, uh, you know, it, when someone is cold calling you and, and it's not something that you sought out, there, there's always kind of a, a fine print that you have to be very concerned about if you're signing up or entertaining the idea of any promotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then why, it, it, even if she did think she was just getting a free doorbell when they wanted to come in her house, that also should have been like to look at her furnace and then right, right. Like then, once if she was only interested in the doorbell and then they start talking about going into her basement to see her stuff, furnace and stuffing her in a closet, you know, that's kind of <laughs> problematic to me. You know, I'd be like, no, no, this is just about a free doorbell. Right. Just like you said, like, yeah, yeah. But we're just going to start ripping down your shingles and we're going to, uh, we got some bulldozers coming in here and we're taking, <laughs> And so this is all normal free doorbell stuff here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, it doesn't make any sense that you would let it go any further than, well, just where is my free doorbell and then go away. Yeah. And of everything to get roped into, like buying a new furnace would have to be one of the most complicated things you could do as a homeowner, like to just like on the spot. Oh right. man, I just I ended up just signing up for a new furnace. Like that just seems very complicated. And I it also, does, yeah. I also like, uh, she doesn't come straight out and say it, but she kind of um, kind of plants the seed or the idea that they were like waiting outside with the furnace to come in right away. Like she makes it sound in the article anyway, <laughs> that once she signed the dotted line, like they were right in the house, like putting a new furnace in as if there was a truck outside, like just get her to put this right, in. Right, right. Or if they're right already in. sneaking in the basement window in the back with like furnaces strapped to their back <laughs> and like going in and be like, shh, no, we have to give her a new furnace without her knowing. <laughs> um, it's, it's, her side of it, like, there's a lot of things from her side of the story that, that, yeah, she she should have known better, I think. Um, but then on the other side of it, uh, looking up a bit about the company, I did see on the the Better Business Bureau website that Ooh. they have an F rating. Ouch. Uh, well, uh, yeah. it seems like they're one of those kind of like rent to own sort of companies. Right. And I where... went to their website, too, where... They say clearly, like they have several different promotions, uh, mm. you know, free doorbells and, um, all, all, you know, free Nest Google smart products. Oh, and, but they I actually, say, it's funny you say that someone in the chat said they gave us a Nest Therm, a Google Nest thermostat. Kyle I in the chat they, said that. Kyle might be referring to Efficiency Nova Scotia oh, though, because okay. they give out those um but they have different products furnaces air conditioners water softeners but they say specifically on the website when you enroll in a smart flex plan for one of our home comfort products you will receive a complimentary nest or google smart home product of your choice mm. so like the website is not misleading um in terms of but when you get into sending out sales reps i'm not sure if they contract out their sales reps or if the sales reps work directly for them. But 
there's also issues with, you know, whatever way that they're going, if they're contracting it out or if it's in-house sales reps, the training and and how they go about their sales practices is problematic. So Mm. If, if those salespeople are misleading and then just kind of talking around certain issues and saying, oh, don't worry about it. There's no strings attached. You don't know what the salesperson said and how they're dealing with the, the interaction with the woman. Yeah. Regardless, she she was confused. She was confused by what she signed up for. Right. But on the bright right. side, it sounds like the end of the article, it sounds like she may get a great deal. They're either going to take the furnace out which seems crazy because then they'd have to bring the old furnace in and that just seems really complicated or they'll give her the option to buy it out at a reduced price. So maybe in the end she'll get a good deal. And the, Mm. the doorbell thing, it's like, I got a video doorbell at my place. I think it was like 50 bucks or something. Like it's not a big deal. She could just, it's the type of thing that every, every company is giving away these smart products now, you know, uh, uh, a Google home mini or, or whatever. These are the things that they're just, they're handing it out like candy like like it like it costs them nothing because it Probably what it does. does is you know say google benefits by giving say they're giving these companies these products at a reduced cost or for free because it's it's getting the google products into their home while they then attach other google products to it mm, that's but, smart yeah that's true it's just like i remember um a bank was doing this thing if you got an account you got like a free like ipod but like the real cheap one that didn't have the screen years ago, I forget what it was called, mm-hmm. but it was like a $90 thing. And ev- and so many people would be switching, you know, their bank accounts just to get this cheap thing. Um, right. But, so yeah. Looking at um, their, the company's rating, Simply Smart Home Inc. I think they're a Canadian company. Um, so they have an F rating because, and in the reasons why are there was 31 complaints filed against the business, three complaints filed against the business that were not resolved and failure to respond to one complaint. So basically what the rating and F rating means is that the, the better business bureau of Stein's ratings of a plus of the highest F to lowest. So F is, a, is, is a very, bad rating according to this site so yeah i would say if someone with an f wants to go look at your furnace in the basement then forget about it right so look up to do a little research on if a company is offering you anything at all do a do a little bit of research it it doesn't take that long to find out a little bit about okay um well if we want to talk about uh pressure affecting a business decision and maybe people being worried about how um how people perceive them. Let's get on to the next story. This doesn't take place in any specific place. I guess this is probably an international story. What I'm talking about is the battle that's happening between now a collection of musical artists and entertainers versus, I don't know if it's versus Joe Rogan podcast or versus Spotify. Spotify is removing Neil Young's music after his Joe Rogan podcast ultimatum. I'm a little bit closer. Young drew a line in the sand, told the streaming service to make a choice between him and the controversial podcast host Joe Rogan, saying that he didn't want to be on a service he accused of helping to spread public misinformation and lies about COVID. Spotify chose Joe Rogan, a spokesperson for the streaming service, told CTV News it regrets Young's decision, but hopes to welcome him back soon. Joining me now is music journalist Alan Cross. Uh, Alan, Neil gave them the ultimatum and they sided with Joe Rogan. Is that really a shock? Joe Rogan brings in millions and millions and millions of dollars for that particular podcast. Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, You always follow the money. In this particular case, Joe Rogan is Spotify's $100 million man. That's how much they paid him to be exclusive to the Spotify platform. And each of his podcasts gets somewhere between 11 and 14 million downloads. That's a tremendous amount of uh, revenue from from Spotify. Neil Young has, what, 2.4 million followers on Spotify and Mm. has 6 million listens. So it's, it's, it's no contest if you're looking at it from a a purely mercenary follow-the-money point of view. What is interesting, though, is that uh, there seems to be a double standard here with Spotify. They say in the statement that they have removed about 20,000 podcasts 
that contravene their misinformation policy, whatever that may be. Hmm. So 20,000 podcasts have been removed. However, Joe Rogan, who is all about some of this misinformation and disinformation, uh, is, is, is apparently safe. To them, it's like Neil Young is asking them to choose and they're not asking him to choose and he's choosing to go. So, okay, yeah. see you later. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think it's, it's easy to see this as like this feud, but really when it, when it comes down to it, Neil Young asked to be removed unless they got rid of Joe Rogan, but it's like they, they would need to fire Joe Rogan, let's say, or whatever, or they could just agree with Neil Young to let him go. And if someone's saying like, I will leave if you don't do this thing that maybe they can't do it. Like there's contracts they have with Joe Rogan. So right, maybe, right. maybe they can't breach it. But um, I think what's happened since then is now other performers are start to do starting to do the same thing. The other Canadian contemporary of Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, has done the same thing. Uh, had asked to have her and successfully, I believe at this point, had her music removed and a few others that I hadn't I didn't know of. Like I saw names of musicians who have stayed at their they've either asked to have their music removed or they actually did. And I think Neil Young may be thinking that there's going to be kind of a, a flood of people leaving. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see where it goes. But I think um, Spotify or I think at this point, are best to just let them leave. Absolutely, because mm. it's. I I don't think they should pick a side per se, but at the same time, it's like we. This is the company that we are. This is the service that we provide. These are the podcasts and the artists that we have on our platform, and we're not going to really do anything if you want to leave because of uh, whatever whatever ethical issues you have with one of our other artists or, or podcasts then that's your own prerogative yeah and i think it's like they neil young and Joni mitchell would have the right to do that yeah. just like joe rogan would have the right to say what he wants to say and do his thing right. on his on his show and Spotify, like ultimately they're like a streaming service, not like an ethics, public safety kind of, you know, um, service, you know, so no, they just want to, no. they want to make available what people want and return and provide a return on investment to whatever shareholders they have. Like that would be their only motivation. Their only motivation is their shareholders. That is yeah. just it. They're a public company. So their shareholders are their top priority so mm -hmm. and like podcasts are discussions mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes those discussions are led by people that either may or may not have all the information or be experts in the subject it doesn't matter it's it podcasting is is people sitting down and chatting about you know about issues and about what's relevant and 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 whatever the topic is it's it's not in and I don't put it in the same uh, ballpark as like say a, a news organization that mm. is stating these are factual things that we are reporting to you and should be taken as truth. That's different than people sitting down and talking about an issue. Mm. And, yeah. and, and and if I think you start you going and policing podcasts like that, then it almost totally destroys uh, what podcasting is. Mm -hmm. Yes, but especially something like Joe's podcast. It's like you should, Joe Rogan's podcast. I think you should know what you're in for when you tune in. Um, but I, I see Neil Young's point of view where if it's something he's that's really important to him, Joe wrote like there's a ton of podcasts that would be against the vaccine and all that. But this the reason I, th I believe Joe Rogan's would be targeted is for one, it's the biggest show. It's also he's Spotify's like million dollar baby. Like he's like a big part of Spotify's podcasting platform. And I'm sure there's ads for Joe Rogan stuff all over what, you know, whatever Spotify does for that reason. So I can see Neil Young being like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with it. And he has the right to do that. That's his right. And absolutely. It's, it's certainly up to Neil Young if, 
he wants to be involved with Spotify. I think the issue to me is not with Joe Rogan and the conversations and the, that he's having and the people that he's talking to. The issue, it, like, to me, it, it goes down to podcasts and listening to them is for entertainment. It's, it's, and, and yeah, you know, you, you can learn from podcasts and you have to kind of be careful with that as a listener. To me, it's the listener's responsibility to understand what they're hearing and, and, and not be going for hardcore medical advice from Joe Rogan's podcast. It's a conversation. <laughs> Well, let's move on to something less controversial. And I can't think of many topics less controversial than using cultural appropriation when it comes to naming and mascots and stuff. This is a, will be much less controversial. Uh, I want to get into a story with you that takes place in uh, Waterloo. Waterloo is Ontario? Ontario. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go to Ontario. Turns out that there's this beautiful camp there called Camp Come On, I Want to Go. Come On, I Want to Go is, in English, a collection of words. But this camp decided instead to kind of um, make it look like it's like an indigenous long, uh, long word. Come On, I Want to Go. Uh, a very problematic name. Since 1995, this camp has donned the same name. And uh, the initial name of the camp um, was just a play on the words, come on, I want to go. Until now. I always thought to myself, wow, the, the name of this camp is very problematic. The name Camp Come On, I Want to Go was deemed offensive by local Indigenous leaders. So they're mocking broken uh, Indigenous language. Uh, for a lot of us, English is not our first language, right? Bungishimo and other Indigenous leaders approached St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, which runs the camp at Laurel Creek in Waterloo. When I when I thought about it, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. But after some discussions with the Indigenous community, the church realized the name name indeed was very offensive. Um, that it it kind of made a mockery of of. Um, a First Nations language. So they made the switch. It is now simply known as Camp K. And both sides agree this name change allows for more education going forward. We would love to work with uh, Reverend Marty and his congregation and Camp K this summer and actually visiting their campers and to talk about how we can work together as allies, as Indigenous peoples, which I think is so important. There will be uh, an understanding that the name of the camp has changed and why we've changed the name of the camp. camp. It, gives a, it gives a great uh, uh, possibility for, for teaching, for learning, for reconciliation. The new name and new era comes with a message to other camps. And I would in fact challenge any of the, the camps across the country to, to also be checking if their games, their practices, their, their name is appropriate. So to start, the name Camp Come On I Want to Go is stupid. Yeah, it's a dumb name. It's 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 not clever. It's 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 not a good name. Yeah, you're right. To be and it, and it's certainly problematic. But it wouldn't would that not have been problematic in 1995? Like that's when the camp started. I was expecting it to say when the camp started in 1954. But you'd think in 95, like, wasn't there, wasn't there already discussions around, like, sporting teams, you know, having cultural mis, uh, cultural, yes, you know, yes. insensitive, thing. it was just a stupid idea. It was a stupid, right. a stupid name that was insensitive. And they, yeah. How did this get passed? Like, if there's a committee, how did they be like, yeah, let's go with, we'll call it, come on, I want to go, but we'll make it look like it's an indigenous word or something. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to cast, you know, judgment onto the owners and operators of this camp, but they also then went from, you know, a, a culturally insens insensitive name to just Camp K. Yeah, which is, it... which is just a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like, it's not like it's, 
you know, camp, camp, you know, ABC or or some something that kind of has some kind of a ring to it. It's like, well, we're going to change the name. People are upset over our name. Oh, okay, well, what should we change it to? And then they argue for hours and hours and they come up with all these different names and everybody can find some kind of an insensitive <laughs> tone in every single name option that they come up with. So finally, they're just like, forget it. Let's just pick a random letter in the alphabet and we'll just call it that. Okay, close your eyes. Point to the alphabet. I pointed to K. Okay, we're Camp K. <laughs> well, I wonder if like if the name was Come On, I Want to Go, I, I'd be embarrassed to say that. So maybe people were calling it Camp K anyway, because they had the way they had it spelled. Come on, I want to go. They had it spelled with a K. And then also for branding for like signs and stuff, maybe they had like a bunch of K. They can just chop the rest of the sign off so it's like well we don't want to make new signs we just have to cut, cut off these signs 90 percent of our signs off well, it's okay yeah uh they just dropped <laughs> kyle in the chat says they just dropped the amount i want to go <laughs> mm. uh well it, it reminds me of a situation in halifax right now there's a school called um uh and uh prince andrew school like i don't know if it's a high school or junior high prince andrew but prince andrew is like that the prince who is now like thought to be connected with like underage sex and epstein and all this stuff you know do you know this story i heard a little bit about it yeah. okay but you get that there's this prince andrew from like england and he's getting i think he's about to be tried or something for like uh, like sex trafficking or underage like having sex with an underage girl or something connected right. to Epstein. But anyway, they're um, the Prince Andrew school in Halifax. They're looking at changing the name and they're putting like um, they're putting it out to the public to like recommend name changes. But there's a movement for them to just remove the, the word Andrew and have it be like kind <laughs> of a celebration yeah. of the musical artist Prince. <laughs> yeah. So it could just be like Prince High School. They could paint like the walls purple and you know, and just let it go. But there, there are a lot of, and, and I'm, I'm cool with people questioning our names of places. Of course. Insensitive. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's, it's whenever it happens though, there's always someone's like, when is this going to stop? They're changing the names of our, you know, it'll stop when people feel good about names of institutions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where word. where the public is invited to go and it should be inclusive of all people. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. You shouldn't have names that are clearly problematic. But, you know, with, with how bad this camp has their track record of naming their own camp, they should just go with Camp Camp. <laughs> they are uh, 0 for 2 with names. <laughs> I think they should change it every summer. <laughs> until they land on something yeah, that works we're the we're the we're camp roulette every summer is a different name um let's see i got uh i got another story i don't want to talk about proof of vaccinations uh outside of this particular story let me read this to you and what caught me with this is simply the headline the headline is Alberta restaurant ordered to close for accepting dog pictures instead of proof of vaccination. So a Red Deer Alberta restaurant was ordered to close after an investigation found staff were not asking for proof of COVID-19 vaccination or negative tests and instead accepting dog photos from customers to dine inside, Alberta Health Services said. In an order written to the Granary's owners, Patrick Malkin and Rachel Willie, AHS, which is Alberta Health Services, said it received complaints that restaurant staff had allowed customers to dine in after they showed a picture of a dog and an ID. Then on January 11th, the Alberta Health Services said two test shoppers at separate times were able to enter the granary after they showed a picture of a dog instead of their QR codes. In both instances, facility staff used a tablet to make it appear as if they were scanning a QR code when in fact the staff member was presented with a photograph of one's dog. The Alberta Health Services order reads, the staff member then proceeded to ask the test stop shopper for personal identification and offered dine-in services. The order asked the the order asked the owners to close the restaurant, submit a written commitment to Alberta's re, uh, restrictions exemption program, and chain and train staff to ask for proof of vaccination or a negative test. On Friday, the restaurant said on Facebook it would take the weekend to retrain and regroup. 
The restaurant was allowed to reopen after a hearing with Alberta Health Services, where the owners had to demonstrate understanding of the restrictions exemptions program. And as part of the restrictions exemption program, businesses such as restaurants and bars must ask Albertans 12 and over to show proof of vaccine, a negative test taken within 72 hours, or a medical exemption. Well, I mean, this is no surprise. This and. And I don't think this would just be specific to that area or specific to that restaurant. If you went across the country and, and showed pictures of your dog, I a hundred percent think that you, you would be, you would find restaurants everywhere where the person checking the, 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 the passport is not paying attention to what's on the passport. Do you think it's that they're not paying attention or they don't want the conflict or they just don't give a crap? Cause it's they're... a combination of it all. There's, yeah. I remember when I very briefly uh, worked door at a bar for a bit um, and I won't get into what bar or whatever, but like, um, and it was my job like uh, during certain events to check IDs at the door. So I would take their cash and I would check their ID and I was told, it doesn't matter how old they look, just check everybody's ID. And so I would ask every single person who came up to the door for ID. And then I remember one time this guy just showed me his ski pass. And it was just like this wrinkled, <laughs> like didn't have his picture or his date of birth on it. And just showed me this ski pass. And I said, yeah, go in. <laughs> Old enough to ski, go dancing. Yeah, yeah, you're willing to take your life into your own hands and uh, ski down a hill and risk your knees and your neck. Yeah, go for it. Uh, and 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 the same night there was a there was a woman who showed up and she was pregnant. Oh. And I asked her for ID and she said, "I don't have ID." I said, "Well, I can't let you in." And then because you don't even have a ski pass to show me, apparently. And then she. She said, well, I'm pregnant. Isn't that good enough? I said, uh, well, that doesn't really mean that you're over 19, which is the legal drinking age here in Nova Scotia. And then she said, well, how about I go get my boyfriend down here to, to beat the shit out of you? And I said, yeah, go on in. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't well, I'm a terrible doorman. Don't ever hire me, hire me to be a doorman. But I, I, 100% there's people who just don't want to like deal with the potential argument or, or, or conflict over saying that's not uh, a valid uh, vaccine passport. And then there's people who literally just aren't even paying attention at all. Like that, that's got to be happening all over the place. Absolutely. And I think it's a lot to put on people. It's such a controversy. Like if you spent a day like checking people's vaccine stuff, you must get told to F off so many times throughout the run of the day. Cause absolutely because again it's a complicated where you don't thing. care anymore like yeah and uh, and she's probably whoever this waitress or the door person or waiter or whatever a lot of them are probably like minimum wage and you know all this sort of thing have a shitty job and it's just like i don't want to argue with people today um, yeah and if you're checking you know over the course of a week hundreds and hundreds of of vaccine passports you become numb to it i'm sure you do and because i know i've gone to restaurants show my vaccine passport not every restaurant uses the scanning app so they're i show them the, the the vaccine passport and as long as i hold my phone in front of them for half of a second they're they're out immediately with okay go on in mm. and they yeah. don't even like there's no way they took the time that it would take because the font is small and it's on my phone to look at it clearly compare it with some do but mm. some just as long as you pull something out on your phone they're like all right come on in but but in this article, though, it is clear that they're talking about dog pictures. There was two complaints of like dog pictures. And then the Alberta Health Services sent people test shoppers to show dog pictures. Why? Why would they like why did dog pictures get roped into this whole thing? Because your theory is kind of like they just weren't paying attention. But why is there at least four situations where dog pictures were shown? as proof of vaccine i don't i don't get it unless the alberta health services just got these two complaints by people who just thought maybe they were seeing someone show a dog picture and then they sent test like i i, I am i do believe that these people were accepting dog pictures i don't think they were actually accepting dog pictures i just think they just 
didn't care. Yeah. Rebel. And then, you know, Pick like, someone. oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to show them a picture of my dog and that worked. And then someone else did it and that worked. And then it's like someone complained and then they sent in the, the mystery shoppers or whatever you call them. And then they also replicated the dog situation <laughs> and, and they're, they're probably getting a kick out of it at that point. I don't know. Uh, how could you not? That's, it's so absurd. When I read that article, this is crazy. Like, I wonder if people around town were like, I heard all you got to do is go in there and show a picture of your dog. It reminds me of in Tim Hortons in Halifax years ago. You would you could ask for a 15 pack of Timbits, and that was like code for a 12 pack of Timbits with weed inside it. So. Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and let you know about something I just posted to the premium feed. Now, one of my favorite pieces of audio ever is a call that leaked from a call center in my hometown. The call features two agents of a major Canadian telecommunications company having a misunderstanding that leads to, well, an epic meltdown. I just posted the call in a short episode about it to the premium feed. So if you like weird and wild stuff, you're not going to want to miss the story of Donna and Victor. You can find it and all the other premium content at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. So if you want to help support the show and give yourself a lot more of it, listen on the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And just a gentle reminder, all annual subscribers of the premium feed receive a nighttime swag pack by mail. Now let's get back to the episode. Someone in the chat, Matthew McDonald, just brought up a, tar- uh, a topic we should just briefly get into because that's like my neighborhood. Uh, what Matthew says in the chat is, I'm just tuning in now. Have you guys discussed the Terra Street convenience recycling bag robbery? Someone else refers to them as the blue bastard. Do you, do you know this? <laughs> I haven't heard about this. No. Oh, man. So uh, I'll tell you what I know about it is. So Terra Street convenience store is a tiny little convenience store right by my house. Uh, yeah, in, I know. I know the Britain. store. Yeah, I've been there quite a few times. A small little store. The store posted on Facebook. I think it was this morning. I'm going to open their Facebook page. Actually, I can I can put it on the screen. Um, the store posted on Facebook that they were robbed and they included photographs of the robber. And it was someone with like a hood up and the hood was pulled tight. So you could only see like kind of their eyes. They had a huge knife, like a comically large knife. Like it looked like, I don't know if any large knife is comically large. It looked well (laughs) for robbing a store. It looked like a knife you would use to like carve a turkey or something like a big, long knife. Right. It's just not the kind of knife you would rob a store with, I guess. Um, But I guess the most comical part of the whole thing is for I don't understand the reasoning for this, but he had um, like a blue recyclable bag that he like must have stuck his arms and his head through it. So his whole body was in a blue recycling bag. Unless it was raining out or he wanted I mean, to maybe make, it was uh, or, or maybe so he funny. was wearing like his regular jacket and hoodie or something and he didn't want people okay, to know I'm seeing it now. Yeah, so I'll, I'm going to read. Uh, I have it on my screen. I have their Facebook post. I'll read you what they wrote, and we'll walk through this. So this will be, I guess, a Canadian crime oh, story. Oh, I know why. I bet you because his sweater has something distinctive on it. Yeah. Uh, so here's their post was yesterday at 1 o'clock. It said, today at 1040, our store got robbed. A person entered with a very big knife threatening the employee for the money. Employee was freaked out but recovered immediately from it and cooperated with the thief and then pressed the security alarms. Uh, they collected all the clues for the police investigation. Very smart and brave person talking about the employee, not the robber. The cops responded very, very fast. And they are collecting all clues, videos, and photos to try to locate the thief. Please share this post. If you know this person, call the police. It's been shared 464 times. Um, And then four hours later, they made a post that said a big thank you to the Cape Breton Regional Municipality Police Department for today's today's incident. They did. They outdid their job. They caught him and are sending him to jail. Uh, So it ended up being 
Well, actually, I'm going to read you an article um, that outlines it. The headline is 14-year-old charged in connection with robbery at Sydney, Nova Scotia convenience store. Oh, and there's not really an article. <laughs> it, just <laughs> says, it just says a picture of him. Now holding... That's real news because it's just <laughs> stating the actual fact. Yeah. So uh, it's a 14. I have a, I have an, I have a new theory on why he's wearing the blue recycling bag. Um, why? Because he was worried that the national anthem was playing in the convenience store and he would pee himself. Oh, Phil, that's a throwback. Phil, good. Yeah. Good throwback. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Um, and he'd be able to be recognized. Like he was wearing a Los Angeles Lakers black hoodie. Yeah, I know. know, Like there was something distinctive. So if they put the um, the blue bag over, you wouldn't be able to notice anything specific about the the hoodie that he was wearing. Which seems like a more complicated thing than just flipping your hoodie inside out. But whatever. Well, Uh, I mean, I don't know. Either way, it's like I think this person—they're young, so they're probably stupid. But if you're gonna like do something like this you know that every store like has video and surveillance. So you, you need to kind of think about the SEO, like this search engine optimization. When you're designing a website, you think about like, you know, how it's going to be titled. So it comes up in search results. I think a criminal needs to think about the same sort of thing with like, if what I'm doing, if someone takes a picture and puts it on the internet, is it going to go viral? And I'm going to get all this attention and get busted. This person putting on a blue plastic bag and with a huge knife going in a store should have known that like if anyone gets a picture of this, it's like I'm going to be on like Jimmy Fallon or something like it's it looks so ridiculous. And that's probably the reason they got caught is because they made such a foolish look to themselves that when Terra Street Convenience posted this to their Facebook, it got 464 uh, shares. It would get so much more attention because of how silly they looked in the the blue recycling bag. But if you go back over Terra Street Convenience posts, I I haven't seen any other get shared that, you know, they'll have posts with like one like we are currently open five likes no shares you know like <laughs> yeah. they get nothing they do this wonder bread is on sale two loaves for four dollars yeah one like <laughs> and it's like the guy <laughs> who works there liked it <laughs> so then they hired somebody to rob the store and, and dress up in a, a bag just to get a strange amount of uh you know strange way to advertise for the business and get more social media activity yeah well that's another theory too yeah, there's a lot. There could be a lot going on. I should call. No, I won't bother them. No, <laughs> that, that, that might be t- a touchy. Uh, yeah, thing well, because it would call. be scary. Even it, I, it doesn't matter what somebody is wearing. If somebody's holding a knife to you, uh, asking for money, like that is traumatizing. No matter whether the person's wearing a blue recycling bag, or you know, is coming in, or a leather jacket with like t-birds on the back um but i always say like of every like of all the people or whatever that what i'm most afraid of is someone around that age who's like young and stupid and has nothing to lose i i feel like that's the person that would that would just do something stupid and you know cause you big trouble in some way but anyway hopefully whatever's going on with this 14 year old they get looked after in some way hopefully it's it's a yeah you know they 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 see the 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 better side after after all this you know yeah and and maybe it's not just the start of a decline it's the the rock bottom they hit the rock bottom yeah yeah um here's how i'm going to go out i'm not going to read this whole email but this is a, a hint of something to come so last week we one of the stories we covered was cape breton's Malky Woodland, who was the YouTuber who drove the motorcycle in his house and the fire department came and the cops came and he pulled the knife and got arrested while live streaming uh, that our coverage of Malky's story got back to Malky. Um, okay, I was I didn't know how he would respond because again, he, he I had two experiences with him 30 years ago or something. Uh, so I didn't know what he'd think of us talking about it. Uh, Malky did not mind. He enjoyed it. Uh, and he ended up getting a friend to connect with me. 
the uh, the friend was like, yeah, you know, Malky saw what you did. He liked it. You guys should connect. And where it's at right now is uh, their message that I just got said, I just spoke with Malky and he is beyond excited. Uh, he'd like to meet with you at his at his place at, and they say where, and they say Malky calls it the Hillbilly Studio. Um, you made his day and he is so happy to know that you will want to talk more about his story. So it's an open book, but I think uh, maybe if anyone anyone's listening uh, has any ideas of how we should pursue Malky's story, should we have Malky, should I invite him as a guest? Should we go to his place and record there? Should we just call him on the phone and ask him what the heck's going on? It sounds like the potential for a dual cast. So Malky records for his YouTube show and we record for hours. I don't know um, how comfortable I am being like, I'm going to Malky's house. <laughs> no, I mean, if you if you like the episode, then. Well, like you remember what happened last time I went to Malky's house. Oh, right. The cops right. kicked the door down. I thought I was getting arrested. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, we'll I figure, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let that marinate. I'll let the listeners know what I should do. Um, send me a voice memo on what the idea is, and I'll try to make it work with Malky through his uh, manager, I guess that is. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll make for some good YouTube TV. Yep. Well, let's start wrapping this up, Aaron. Um, we will meet again this time next week with another collection of weird and wonderful stories. Hopefully by then, everything in the world will have gone back to normal and we won't have to talk about... Uh... Well, no, 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 Jordan, because if things go back to normal, what oh, will we talk about? We'll have to end the show. Yeah, well, what well, I hope... Yeah, you're right. Hopefully everything stays as screwed up and as complicated and upside down as it is now because we'll have unlimited content forever. And, and, and we're best friends forever and we have unlimited content together forever. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing an evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. The most important shout out, however, goes to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off my back, listen on the premium feed. Not only does it keep the show alive, it'll also give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. For about the price of a cup of coffee, you can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers. EV Storm, Ryan, Karen, Elaine, and Sean, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it via the premium feed, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode across social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or if you want to give feedback on the show, send me a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact. Or you can find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and please let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful. Serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird.